Parshas Tazria. Silence is golden. Kol yeme asher hanegabo yitma. Tamehu. Badad yeshev mechutz lamachane moshavo. All the days that the tzara'as is upon the person, he shall be Tomei. Tomei he should be. He should dwell alone. Outside the camp should be his place of residence. When reading this Pasuk, we are immediately struck by the repetition of the Tomei status of the Mitzorah. He shall be Tomei. Tomei he shall be. And that requires an explanation. So we'll say as follows. The root Tum denotes something that is closed off. That's what the word Tuma means. And that is the principle underlying all the laws of Tuma. Wherever we find Tuma, we must understand that it is a decree of Hashem to teach us what should be avoided and shunned. So we read the Pasuk as follows. All the days that the Tzaras is upon the person, he shall be ritually unclean. The first mention of Tameh declares his status. He is an Av Hatuma. That's information that we have to know. It's a technicality the Torah is teaching us. The basic law that this man is Tameh and that he makes anything that comes in contact with him also Tameh. But the second Tameh in the Pasuk is giving us the reason for the Tuma being imposed on him. As if to say, he shall be Tameh. Because Hashem desires that he should be closed off from society. He is Tameh, because Tameh, shunned and avoided, he should be. Now that's something we have to study. Because we're talking here about a from Jew. He could be a father, a husband, a loyal servant of Hashem, who puts on tefillin and davens three times a day with a minion. His home is a kosher home, and his children are all from boys and girls. He's one of us. And yet, one morning he wakes up with Saras. And now he must take leave of his family and friends and make his way beyond the walls of the city to live alone. This friend of ours, a fellow Jew, is now Tomei. He's closed off from the rest of mankind. Badad Yeshev. He shall stay in isolation, meaning that even other Tomeim must avoid his company. Rashi. So our fellow Jew is now sitting alone outside of the walls of his city. And there he will remain until the tzaraas heals. He'll miss the Shabbos with his family. He might even have to spend the Seder night all alone. And it's no accident of fate here. The Rambam says that tzaraas is not a natural form of leprosy. It's a miraculous phenomenon. Tzaraas is one of the miracles that Hashem provides to his nation. And that's why a goy can't become Tomei with Saras. Negoim. Hashem miraculously sends Saras upon a Jew. And now he has to be shunned. And it's not because of contagion or merely because he can be Matame others. It's because Hashem wants him to be closed off from other people. Hashem wants him to leave the Machane so he should be separated from society and dwell alone. And that's because this man is actually a dangerous man. He may appear to be very frum, but the Gemara says, One who speaks wrong words, who uses his mouth in the wrong way, is stricken by leprosy. And so we understand that this man misused the gift of people's company. When he was healthy, he sat around with his friends and wagged his tongue. And that doesn't mean only that he ridiculed and belittled other people. 
even just talking Devarim Betelim, is misusing the tongue. And so, in the great days of Nevoah, the Nega of Saras declared to this man the word of Hashem, he shall be Tameh, and he should be closed off from the people and avoid it. He will dwell alone, where he won't have anyone with whom to speak. And now, he will study how a person is to use his tongue. And he will understand that the proper way to use a tongue is primarily by not using it. The Rambam gives us an insight into this. A person should always produce a great deal of silence. Rambam, Hilchas Deus. You hear that? You have to produce silence as much as you can. Imagine you're producing goods for a certain purpose. Let's say you're making toothbrushes, or you're a tailor, and you're sewing suits. Whatever it is, you're producing. So you have to keep cheshben. How many goods did I produce today? Did I do better today than yesterday? What could I do differently in the factory tomorrow to produce more toothbrushes? So it's the same with silence. A man should always be producing silence in this world. You have to think about that. How much silence did I produce today? And it's considered a service of Hashem. Lecha dumio tihila. To you, Hashem, silence is praise. Tehillim. That's an interesting idea. Because we always thought that the halalukas and the brachas are praise. Ashrei, hodu, and mordim. That's how we praise Hashem. And now we're being told that keeping quiet is the real way to praise Hashem. To produce silence is actually a career of praising Hashem. And that needs a good explanation. And so, who better to turn to than the Chacham Mikol Adam? Shlomo HaMelech tells us in Kohelas, Al Tevahel Al Picha. Don't be in a hurry to express yourself. And your heart, your mind, shouldn't be in a hurry to say something in the presence of Hashem. When you're sitting at the table with your family or your friends, Hashem is present. So keep quiet. Hashem is in the heavens, and you are down below on the earth. Therefore, your words should be few. Oh, now something else comes into the picture. Elohim is in the picture. Elohim is in Shamayim, above you, looking at you. And you're down on this earth. That's why you shouldn't talk so much. If a man opens up his mouth and words flow out without restraint. So it means he doesn't feel like he's in anybody's presence. Let's say you were standing in the presence of the mayor or in front of the president of the United States. He's not such an important person today. But still, you wouldn't talk much in his presence. You certainly wouldn't be shooting off your mouth. Now, if you are talking with the Godol Ador, with, let's say, Rav Shach or Rav Moshe Feinstein, whoever is the Godol Ador, would you talk a lot? If you have any sense, you won't say a word. Let's say you meet the Sigitarav. Or you're standing in front of the Satman Rav. Or somebody comes over to you and shouts, Hey Chaim, what time is it? Would you say, it's three o'clock? No, you would keep quiet. You keep your mouth shut. You're standing in front of your Rebbe. You let him talk. You keep quiet. Chacham, eno midaber, mipne gadol mimenu. 
Someone with Chochmah doesn't open his mouth when he's standing in front of somebody bigger than him. So the fact that you keep your mouth closed indicates that you realize that you're standing in the presence of Hashem. It's a demonstration that you possess a sensory perception of the closeness of Hashem. Just like you wouldn't talk in the presence of somebody important, you don't open your mouth in the presence of Elohim Shabashamayim. You keep quiet, at least as quiet as you would in front of the president. At least that. So now we can understand why this from man is shunned by Hashem, sent out to live in solitude. If he's hasty with his words, if he doesn't think before he speaks, so he needs to be sent out where he will have time to think about this great principle of Elohim Shabashamayim. The Metzoyra had to cover his mouth. Did you know that? It's an open pasuk. Ba'al Safam Yateh means that he had to wear his cloak in a certain way so it covered his mouth. What for? Because he was proclaiming to the world this lesson. Part of his kapata was to walk around dressed in this peculiar way. And he had to make a lot of noise too. Tomei, Tomei Yikra. Wherever he went, he had to proclaim to everyone that he's a Tomei. So here's a man with his cloak covering half of his face all the way over his mouth. And in his muffled voice, he's crying out, I'm Tomei, I'm Tomei. It was a strange sight. And anyone who saw the Mitzorah took his condition to heart and learned that he'd better get busy covering up his own mouth before Nega struck him. And so we gained a lot by seeing the Mitzorah dressed this way. We're learning that no matter how firm a person is, he has to have hargasha and munachushis that he's standing in front of Hashem. And that should motivate him not to talk. What does that mean? Suppose you're an ordinary Jew who never worked on these concepts. You don't actually feel the presence of Hashem. But you would like to do it. You aspire to become a maimin. Now, of course, you won't admit that, that you're not a maimin. But at least you'll admit that you don't feel the presence of Hashem all the time. And so, each time you wish to open your mouth, you remind yourself, Ki elokim b'shamayim ve'ata ala aretz al kenyu devarecha me'atim. Hashem is listening, and therefore your words should be few. Little by little, you instill in your neshama an awareness of this tremendous principle, and you thereby acquire yiras shamayim. When someone approaches you and makes a remark, don't rush to respond. You'd like to talk. You have a wise crack or a rejoinder. You want to say something. Instead, you should say to yourself, no, I won't say it because I'm standing before Hashem. Sometimes you don't have to answer at all. If someone says something to you, do you have to say something back? Let's say a cow says moo. Do you have to moo back? A dog barks as you pass by. You have to bark back. So if someone speaks to you, unless it's necessary, don't say anything. Just listen. Who says you always have to answer? And suppose you must answer. Sometimes you must say something. So just make sure to count your words. You know, some people are like a faucet. They start pouring out everything they have inside. All the emptiness they have in their minds comes gushing out. That means they're being Masiach Das from Hashem. A person must always keep in mind that Hashem is listening. Keeping your mouth closed 
and keeping your words few when you do have to speak shows that you have emuna that Hashem is always listening. If you open your mouth and talk without restraint, it means you think you're a free bird. It means that you have no emuna because belief in Hashem requires that we keep quiet. He's standing right here after all and he's listening. Now, in order to appreciate more this career of Yiras Shamaim, we have to see how the Gemara in Chulin darshins a Pasuk. As a matter of fact, the following Gemara was once used by the altar of Slobodka, Zichron Elivracha, as an illustration of how to appreciate every word of a Ma'amar Chazal. The altar thought about every word the Chachamim said, and he sucked as much honey as he could from each Ma'amar. The Gemara quotes the following Pasuk, Ha'umnam elem tzedek the truth is, silence is appropriate. Only speak righteous words. to Tehillim. That's the Pashat Peshat. But Chazal revealed some hidden gems in that puzzle. First, I'll say the words of the Gemara, and then I'll tell you how the altar explained them. Umnam ma'umnato shall adam ba'olam hazeh. What is a man's profession in this world? From the word umnam comes umnus, profession. And the Gemara asks a question. What's your job here in Oilam Hazeh? And it says that the next word in the Pasuk, Elam, that's the answer. Yase Atmo Keilam. Make yourself as if you were a mute, as if you couldn't speak. So we read the Pasuk like this Umnam, what's your umnus, your profession? Elam, to be a mute. That's your business in this world. The first thing we see is that man has a profession in this world. A profession means it's not just a hobby to keep silent, not just a good thing, an added perfection. No, silence is your business in this world. That's what you came into this world for. Now, at first glance, that's hard to understand because how could everyone have the same profession? If everyone was a shoemaker, so we'd all have comfortable shoes, but we'd have to tailor our own pants without good Jewish accountants, we'd be paying a lot of extra money to Uncle Sam. So everything is important. But what we're learning now is that whatever you're doing in your life, that's only your second job, a side business. You have to pay the bills after all. But your main business in this world is to be ki'ilem, to keep your mouth closed. Now, the altar, the zikron livrocha, emphasized that an umnus is not something that you just pick up and do. You have to be trained for a profession. You have to take courses to learn the skill of silence, just like you would for any other serious profession. If you want to be a plumber, let's say, so will you just put on a pair of blue overalls, grab a wrench, and immediately get started? Nobody ever became a plumber by just saying, I decided I'm a plumber. You have to roll up your sleeves and get under a sink. And you'll have to lie there on your back and watch the master plumber for months and months to learn all the tricks of the trade. You'll have to carry his tools for him and watch. When do you use this tool? When do you open this valve? When do you close it? It's a chokhmah, and there's a lot to learn. And if silence is our career in life, that means we have a lot to study. To become a professional mute, you can't just buy a padlock for 50 cents at the corner hardware store, lock your mouth firmly, and then walk around the street without worries. It's not that easy. If that's all it was, it wouldn't be a profession.
It would just be a 50-cent expense and finished. But it is a profession. And actually, it's the profession of a person in this world. Now, the altar points out something else in this Gemara that's worth our attention. It says, what is the profession shall Adam in this world? The profession of an Adam. It's this profession of making yourself into an Elem, a mute, that will cause you to earn the title of an Adam. An Adam is expected not to open his mouth unless it's justified. And only one who has mastered this art can boast that he's made it, that he's graduated. Otherwise, you're not an Adam. Maybe you're a croaking frog or a blue jay. You're certainly something. You're making noise, after all. But you're not yet an Adam unless you've mastered this career of silence. Now, what usually happens when I speak on this subject, I'll tell you. There's always one idealist who wants to get busy accomplishing. Why not? Rabbi Miller said so. He said it's the profession for everyone. A young man comes here and he's inspired by the words of the altar. Now he's ready to make changes. So he goes home after the lecture. And as soon as he walks into the house, he hears his mother talking on the phone. So he bangs on the table. Ah, 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 no, no, no. He wants to make sure his mother knows what her new profession is. So the altar tells us that we have to know how to learn a mamar chazal. The Gemara says, Yase atzmo, make yourself into a mute. Yourself! Oh, that's a different story already. What are you banging on the table for? Get busy banging on your own head. Don't bother other people. That means when a man comes home to his wife after hearing my lecture tonight, and now his wife wants to talk, She wants to tell him about what happened with the children today and about what her sister said and probably some other things as well. So he should let her talk about whatever she wants. He shouldn't say, keep quiet. In this house, we work on producing silence. That man is a dumbbell. He's working on her silence. It says, yase atzmo. He has to make himself an elaim. That's who he has to worry about. Now, this profession, this career we're speaking about tonight, wouldn't be so difficult if you never had to talk at all. You could just decide never to talk again. And Mazel Tov, you're an Elaim. But that's not what Chazal are demanding of you. It doesn't say you should be an Elaim. It says, Ki Elaim, like a mute. The extra letter Kaf would seem to be an unnecessary addition. It could have just as well said, make yourself into an Elaim. What's Make yourself like a mute. What it means is that you can't have a padlock on your lips to keep shut. You have to make yourself like a mute, as if you can't speak. Because you have to talk. And sometimes you have to talk and talk. But you have to talk like somebody who is an elame. If you have to walk through the street, you have to say good morning or good evening to the people when you see them. You can't just walk around with a deadpan face, ignoring others. Why should your neighbor suffer? Because you're learning a new profession of keeping quiet. You come into the home. So you have to walk in and say, How was your day, Hanalah? At least that you have to say. You can't come in and be an elame. A boy comes in from the yeshiva. He can't just walk in quietly and go to his room. He has to say, Vusmastu, Mama. How are you, Tate? Something he has to say. He's ki'ilem, not an ilem mamish. That's why the Gemara says, 
Yachol lakol. You might think that once you adopt this practice, so you shouldn't open your mouth for anything. Talmud Lomar, Sedek Tadaberun. So the Pasuk says, speak righteousness. When it comes to words of righteousness, you have to talk. Divrei Torah, you have to talk. Words of kindliness, you have to talk. If someone is sad and dejected, you must go over and put your arm around his shoulders and say a few kind words to him. Tzedek tedaberun. Good things you must say. To say words of encouragement to your fellow man, to comfort a fellow Jew, that's what you have your mouth for. That's part of your profession. You don't have to babble, though. Think of ways and means of making people happy by saying a timely word. If it's a child, then sometimes a little glut on the cheek and a gentle word or two can be a lifesaver. Tell him something that buoys his self-respect, something that gives him the ambition to continue improving. If you tell your wife that she cooks well, that's very important, by the way. That's tzedek. Make sure to compliment your wife when she serves you anything. Chanala, the challah tastes excellent. Of course, if she bought it at the bakery, don't praise the challah. Find something else to praise. This chicken soup is me'enoy l'mhaba chanala. Yashikoyach. Now usually, it does taste good. It's usually easy to find things to compliment. So don't be bashful. That's not the time to be an elam. That's the time for tzedek tedaberun. And even if it happens sometimes, that supper is not such a success. If you'll say, it's excellent anyway, there's no harm in that. Only that most people have it all wrong. When they have what to complain about, then the words come gushing forth. Pearls of wisdom. But when it's time for tzedek tadaberun, then suddenly these sadikim remember their profession of being ke'ilim. It's an art. Always be careful not to say what you're not supposed to say, but what you have to say, you must say. So when you come home tonight and your wife says, what did you say over there? Don't say, "Mm," say something. Say it briefly, but say something. Don't just keep your mouth closed. Ki'ilem, like a mute. That's an umnus. That's even harder than lying on your back under a sink, studying how to plumb. And therefore, you should get busy practicing this profession of shesika because it means that we're practicing a career of Yirashamayim. You're sitting at the table at the Shabbosuda and everyone is prattling away, talking and talking and talking. So what do you do? You say to yourself, I'm going to train myself now for my profession in this world. I'm going to sit for two minutes, two minutes on the clock and listen and not open my mouth. Or let's say you were forced to go somewhere. Sometimes you have to go to visit your in-laws in Borough Park. You can't say no this time. So they're eating Malava Malka and everybody is chatting. Or maybe you're sitting at the Chasana and all around you everyone's tongue is clacking. While their minds are being ground into pieces by the idle chatter, you can grab the opportunity to work on your profession. So you casually pay attention, pretend that you're interested and smile at the right time. But tell yourself, Chaim, keep your mouth closed. As much as you can, keep quiet. Because Elohim is Bashamayim. And he is listening. Now, to make a career out of silence because of Elohim Bashamayim, that would be enough. 
That's our primary obligation in this world, to prepare for Olam Haba by training ourselves to become more and more aware of Hashem. But it's more than that. It's also your happiness and success in Olam Hazeh. There's a mission in Avos that says the following. Shimon Beno Omer. Shimon, the son of Rabban Gamliel, said, Kol gadalti bein All the days of my life, I grew up among the wise men. Velo matzati leguf tov mishtika. And I found nothing better for the body than silence. Now, with this great sage bequeathed to us this gem, it pays for us to study his words. He said, I have found nothing better for the body than silence. He didn't say it's the best thing for your neshama. It certainly is good for your soul too. But he is telling us here that for your physical health, there is nothing as good as keeping your mouth closed. If you want to live a long, healthy life, then the first thing to think about is the remedy of silence. Sama dechule mishtoka. The best medicine of all is silence. Megillah. Now, if someone on the street would offer you some health advice, I don't know how valuable it would be, but it could be it's worth something. You never know for sure. But here, you have a man who spent years and years sitting at the feet of the sages. All my days I grew up among the sages. And he heard many important ideas, many important attitudes. And he studied them all. And after many years of investigating, he came to the conclusion that of all the things that are good for a person, the best one is shitika, silence. You know that most illnesses, most of the disturbances that take place in our bodies are from emotions that cause a rough reaction in our bodies. It's remarkable what a great effect emotions have on a person's physical nature. We are full of glands and hormones that stimulate important functions of the body. But if the body is overstimulated by emotions like anger, tension, and nerves, then instead of being beneficial, these hormones are harmful. It's been established already by medical science. All over the body, there are effects from improper stimulation of the emotions. And how are the emotions stimulated most? By talking. Someone says something and you answer back. You argue back and forth. And that's when trouble begins. The metabolism is upset. And very many people become ill as a result. A world of illness is caused by talking. Many cases of cancer are due to friction in human relationships. I know of a man who dropped dead in the middle of an argument with his wife. He was a fine man, by the way, a good man. But if he would have studied this Mishnah in Pirkeavas, he would have known, don't answer back. And that would have saved him. He'd probably still be alive today. Who told you to answer back? If you can be a diplomat and say something nice, do it. If not, don't say anything. He was a from young man. He probably even knew this Mishnah. But he never studied it. And so he acted according to his nature and he answered back. He said his piece and she answered back. And it went back and forth, back and forth, until he dropped dead. It happens again and again. Don't you read sometimes in the paper a certain man, so-and-so, died of heart failure. Where did his heart attack happen? Did he die in his business because of his competitors? No, people don't usually die because of their competitors. Did he die on the street because someone in the street insulted him? That's not too common either. He dies at home. People die because of their wives, because of their husbands. Of course, the newspaper will never say that. 
The obituary published in the newspapers will never say, Mr. Anderson dropped dead Sunday night after an argument with his wife. No, no, it won't say that. It says, Mr. Anderson died peacefully in his sleep at his home this past Sunday. But if you know how to read the obituary pages, then you already know what that means. In Mesechta Sanhedrin, it says, Tuvei Dishama Ve'adish. Happy is the man who hears people saying things that insult him, that bother him, and he ignores it. Chilfuha Bishtei Meya. A hundred evils will pass him by. Memorize those words. Say them to yourself again and again. Learn to ignore any words that you don't like. Somebody said something sharp to you? So, Shema, you heard it. But Adish, don't let it bother you. Pay no attention. Make believe you never even heard it. And you'll be spared from many troubles. If your husband is mean to you, pay no attention. If your wife is mean to you, pay no attention. And one hundred evils will pass you by. You'll live together happily for the rest of your life. Most of the time, a punch in the nose is a result of opening your mouth instead of ignoring. Suppose you're walking in the street and a bum says something insulting to you. Forget about it. Don't feel that you have to stand up or defend your honor. Don't do that. I know a man who did that and he got beaten up. Don't even look at the bum. It's dangerous. As far as you're concerned, you did not hear it. You didn't hear anything. Keep walking and in another minute... You're out of danger. And thank Hashem that you're able to keep on walking. If it's a guy who insults you, so you can give him a bracha that he should drop dead. Don't let him hear you, though. Don't even mutter. Don't say it with your mouth. The mouth stays closed. Let's say somebody calls you on the telephone and insults you. It happened to me a number of times. People have called the house and cursed me. You know what I did? I didn't say a word. Not a word. And they hung up. It happened again a few months ago. And I knew who it was. And after that, this man came into my shul one evening to Davin, and I didn't say a word. And it was finished. But once you start up with these people, who knows what's going to be? You exchange a word for a word, and it can turn into who knows what. There's no knowing how it's going to end. So just grin and bear it. How many people have lost their jobs by talking back to their boss? Sometimes your boss is in a bad mood. So just swallow what he said. And it could be an hour later, he'll be a good boss. He might even promote you. I had that experience once. In my first position in the Rabonas, a man once came into a meeting of the board of directors and made a grand announcement. He said, Rabbi Miller, I greeted you last week and you didn't answer me. You didn't answer me, good Shabbos. He brought it up to the board of directors at the meeting. A complaint against the new rabbi. So the president of the shul came over and asked me about it. Now, it wasn't true, but I didn't even say anything. I could have opened my mouth, but I remembered this mamar chazal and I kept my mouth closed. I met this man again and again. He was a shul member, and I was always friendly to him. One day he gets up at a board meeting and makes a motion to give me a raise. This man, the same man. No one thought of giving me a raise except this one man. Now, had I answered him back, that would have never happened. And so I learned the lesson that it pays to keep your mouth closed. I've seen it all. I've watched as people put themselves in danger by opening their mouths. 
I've seen good people lose jobs, lose customers, just because they answered back. They lost their wives or husbands, siblings and friends, and sooner or later, they lose themselves. They excite their bodies, and they end up sick. Many lose years from their lives because of their mouths. And that's what David HaMelech tells us in Tehillim. Who is the man who wants life? We think it means eternal life, and that's true. But it's not the whole truth. There's more to it. Who wants to live in this world? Ohev yamim. You're an ohev yamim. You like days, don't you? You want more and more of them. Lirotov. You want to see happiness in good times during those days? You want to see yourself getting along with others? You want a successful marriage? You want to see good health? That's all included in Lido's Tov. Oh, you say, that's me. I want to live long. I want to see good times. But you don't. You're not really interested in trying to live long. You say it. You repeat it. You might even sing it. But you don't think about it. You have to take steps to live long. And one of the most important steps is to keep the mouth closed. Nitzor l'shonecha mera. Guard your tongue against evil. What does evil mean? Not only that you shouldn't say derogatory things about people or quarrel with them. The real Lashon Hara is opening your mouth to say stupid things, to chatter and babble and say nothing. The general rule is keep your tongue inside your mouth and your mouth closed. That's the rule you should follow. If we live according to that, our physical happiness in this world will increase and we will attain a life of Liros Tov, of seeing good times. So we go back to the great principle that the job of a person in this world is to learn the skill of being quiet, the profession of being like an Elaine. And before we conclude, we'll listen to the words of a great man, the Vilna Gaon. These words deserve to be stowed away in our memory. Sha'al kol rega virega. For every moment, for every minute, sha'adam chosem piv, that a man muzzles his mouth. Zoyche le'or haganuz, he'll be rewarded by that secret brilliance. She'ein kol malach yachol l'sha'ed, that no creature, no angel, is capable of measuring. The reward for one minute of silence is so great. We're not talking about a whole lifetime of silence. He says there that for every moment you keep your mouth closed. You'll be rewarded with a splendor, a brilliance that is so great that even an angel is not capable of measuring its magnitude, the extent of its greatness. I know that this is a very extreme statement, but the Vilna Gaon is a very responsible personality. So it's not only a profession of Yiras Shamai, and not only is it the best advice for good health and long life, but it's also a career that will reward you beyond your highest dreams. And so, we have to get busy. How can you read about the Mitzvah every year, yet continue to ignore the lessons for your own life? Even if today we aren't privileged to see the miraculous hand of Hashem bringing Sara'as on a person, still, the lessons remain as applicable today as they were then. When Hashem separated a good man, a loyal from Jew, from his family and friends, he was expected to learn this lesson of Elohim is Bashamayim, listening to you. Therefore, your words should be few, and we, no less than him, are expected to learn that lesson as well. And so we have to delve into these Pesukim and apply them to our own lives. This man had to cover his mouth. So what about me? Am I an Adam yet? 
Am I producing enough silence? Am I succeeding in my profession of making myself ki'ilem? And so, when we study this Parsha, we can't just let it pass by as often as you can during the day, a minute here and a minute there. You remind yourself that it's your job to be as silent as you can. Not completely silent. Tzedek tedaberun. But as far as everything else, we will try to be as careful as possible. And remember that l'cha dumia tehila. To you, Hashem, silence is praise. And thereby, we will gain the great reward of Hashem. A reward unknown even to the angels. Have a wonderful Shabbos. Let's get practical. Undertaking a new profession. I must get busy studying my life's profession of making myself like an Elaine. This week, once a day for a period of 10 minutes, I will concentrate on remaining silent and not speaking unless it is necessary. I will thus train myself to be more aware of Hashem every time I open my mouth to speak. Will this speech be positive and productive or not?